0: Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you insightful conversations to awaken consciousness for soul growth. Come journey with us through astrology's energetic cycles and get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars.
1: Hello, I don't hear anything, but am I on? This is Talk Cosmos, and oh, I guess I am on. There was a little bit of glitch, but then it's Aquarius time. Pluto's in Aquarius. Today is February, no, January 28th. We have archetypal, we have kaleidoscope visions. I wish I could redo this, but we're we're live. That's the whole process of life. Sometimes we things don't work, and we got to just remake it. Like make lemonade out of lemons, yes? Boy, how much sugar do you want? Okay. Or maybe apple juice. I don't know. Maybe you're vegan. So today is Pluto Aquarius, shining in your power. We're regrouping our leadership, essentially, we might say, because it's teamwork. Aquarius has, well, we'll talk about more of it, but it is the collective consciousness And yet we can shine, but we need to remember there's other people shining too. So let's make a kaleidoscope of color. Yeah, that's it. Well, we are now ready for our panel, Kaleidoscope Visions, and we will bring on at the half hour our wonderful guest with a transit reading. Okay, thank you.
2: Associating current astrology transits to a real-life natal chart transit reading, through the understanding of the sky's cosmic consciousness for navigating free will options, this is your Kaleidoscope Visions Panel.
1: I'm Sue Rose Minahan, collaborating with guests weekly since 2018. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, consultant, workshop facilitator, and lecture speaker. I'm a Dwarf Planet University graduate, charter member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club, I have an AA degree and a Fine Arts Music degree in Jazz. I'm a certified color energy life coach, a writer, artist, musician, and ardent mythologist, a student of esoteric philosophies
3: and life. I'm Amanda Pierce. I'm a soul-centered astrologer, blending intuition into my practice. I believe the universe is always working for our highest good and seek to empower my clients in our readings. I teach a four-week series of empowerment-based meditation classes that connect you deeper into your own intuition and innate power. I work in communications with a passion for employee experience. I also have a BA in psychology. I'm passionate about healing and enjoy helping others create new realities and shift old paradigms.
4: And I am John Chenworth, an astrologer from Seattle, Washington. I grew up in Southern Arizona and was so obsessed with mythology that I concretely imprinted the greco roman pantheon into my psyche. I still see those gods and goddesses infused into everything around me. My experiences of working with developmentally disabled and resourced students for many years as both teacher and mentor has given me a strong compassion for others and has seasoned me with an exceptional reconciling energy. I have more than 18 years experience reading natal charts and continue to enhance consulting techniques by attending workshops and conferences. I use a unique blend of evolutionary, archetypal, and traditional astrological methods to look for themes in the birth chart for us to explore. I also enjoy penning poems and exploring Washington state on road trips.
1: And like the Sufi poet Rumi says, you are the entire ocean in a drop. (laughs) Yes, just like that great picture back here. Yep, we're drop, drop, drop. Oh, what the ocean is. Amazing. Hello, my fellow drops. (laughs) Hello. Lovely to be here with you.
4: It's good to be back.
1: (laughs) It surely is. I look forward always to our ventures together. So this is Pluto. Have you been feeling a little different lately? For
3: sure? Yes. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. It's we're, we're really starting to come into it. And I'm super excited about this period of Pluto and Aquarius from January 20th to September 1st, where before it dips back into Capricorn, um, because of what we're talking about today, the the sun conjunct Pluto as that ingress. So this is a really potent period.
1: It is. And Pluto is making a conjunction with all the personal planets, which it didn't last March when it first ingressed for those two months. It was just, it, it, it affected us on a collective scale. But this is personal. This is like, hello, my life. Well, let's see what the slides have to say. We could... Thank you so much. So here are the websites for Amanda Pierce and John Chinworth and myself. And that's what if you have any further questions. Pluto and Aquarius, it, uh, it's ruler, not Pluto, but I did not put Uranus here, spins the opposite of all the other planets, including Earth from east to west, and it's on its side. So the, it's horizontal access.
4: It also has um, Shakespearean named moons. All the other planets have Roman Greek names, mm-hmm. but Uranus has Shakespearean names. Another unique thing about the planet.
1: Oh, I love this. Isn't that interesting? It's really
4: weird. It's a weird planet. Yeah,
1: it's like <laughs> coming to Earth in a sense. It's like Uranus had its son, Cronus, time that was on Earth, more than just sky, Uranus, and Gaia, bursting and bursting and bursting. We could see that as far as humanity goes. Eventually, the Cosmos had to have animals and life here. Amazing. Oh, that I have that gets an my interesting thought started. about
4: Pluto and Uranus. Well, Uranus is up because, of course, it rules Aquarius, where Pluto just entered, but... Um, Pluto rules the deepest part, the depths, the underworld. And Uranus rules the most farthest away, the farthest away in the heavens. He's the god of the heavens. So it's like these extreme gods and, have come together somehow. Yeah. So and that's, I feel this pull like, uh, wow, everything's shaking a little bit, right?
1: And really, it has everything to do with Taurus that has, I mean, about spirit coming into matter. So mm. and in, I know like Mayan astrology, they believe that the four, there's uh, people holding up. The four corners of the earth, so that or the tree, the ceiba tree in Guatemala, that is the trunk holds the branches and the where the where the tree the trunk with the roots and the the heavens, you know, with the branches. Well, Aquarius as an archetype, perhaps Amanda, do you want to start or John elaborate?
3: Yeah, I mean Aquarius is it's just all about. Um, tapping into what is unique and what is correct for you. Um, That's what I love about Aquarius and that sense of community where everybody is of equal value and uh, there's no one right way of doing things. It's, um, It's really tapping into the group and all of everybody's unique abilities does require
1: that group communication and the, the whole process of the ego of self, which we need and we use, but realizing if everybody's equal, you got to listen, you got to hear what other people say, and find some way to dialogue. On. Yeah. John. And
4: in this way, uh, with community thinking, you can start to think outside the box. Like what's the original idea? What's the radical thought? And Aquarius is totally open and welcome to that. It's the, it's the lightning strike of genius. That's pure Aquarius, and also uh, astrologers kind of like Aquarius because um, astrology f- falls under that category.
1: <laughs> well, that's right? true. It is it, it is that genius as an intuitive sign too, mm-hmm. which I think, and I also often relate that to the fact that we think of lightning, which Uranus has. Where where it suddenly shows this tremendous view and then it goes away when the light goes away. And so it's like insights that we just perceive inner self, but we want to elevate. That's the other part of Aquarius. It wants to bring things to a
3: better condition for the collective. Yeah. It's oh, shifting. My- oh, go
4: ahead. Sorry.
3: It's, it's shifting out of Capricorn, which is, you know, a very structured, um, socially conscious sign and moving into well what how can we make this better how can we make this society better it's it is about society in the same way that the Capricorn is it's just Capricorn does it from a very like top down structured way and Aquarius wants to say no let's rethink this how do we improve on this how do we think outside mm-hmm. the box and make it better
1: yeah, working on what is what are the what to decondition exactly. And there is a shadow side which I didn't put here, but it is elitism that's one of them is to or are, are just not be grounded because it can be uh, it's an air sign and right. it's fixed it's not water so, sign.
4: People think it's mm-hmm. water, but it's an air sign.
1: I know it pours and
4: right and it's so lifted up that it, it might be out of connection with the reality on earth. So that's one of the dark sides, I guess, of Aquarius.
1: Yeah, which this particular transit we'll see later has a lot of Earth still, so it's grounding that. Which is good. (laughs) Here, for the zero degrees ingress in Aquarius on January 20th, and it was, there's various times that you can read here. Um, However, on the 21st at GMT in London worldwide, it was actually on the 21st. 50 minutes after midnight. So in New York or Washington, D.C., it was about 8 o'clock, seven fifty, forty-five 45 p.m., and in the West Coast, it was four fifty, forty-eight 48 seconds p.m. So we'll just go on. Here is the chart. This is an Aries chart, folks, meaning that the time is set for that time. Oh, this happens to be in Honolulu. But still, so all the because that's where I am, not in Honolulu, but uh, Kailua Kona in Hawaii. And yet it's, it, uh, we begin with Aries. So in other words, we're not looking at the houses. And you'll see that
3: Pluto and Sun were conjunct at the time that Pluto ingressed. Zero what to- I, mm-hmm. And what I love about this, this ingress chart and this period of time um, with uh, Pluto and Aquarius is that it really personalizes the the Pluto and Aquarius journey for everybody. Uh, you know, Pluto is an outer planet. And so we don't often feel it on a personal level, but he, with the sun here, we're really going to kind of get a feel of how this energy is going to be working for us over the next 20 years and Absolutely. how we can, yeah. And how we can um, kind of like shift who we are and, and how we're being asked to like evolve and become even more of our unique selves.
1: Yeah. It's a task in some ways because Aquarius is the fixed sign and it involves all the fixed. So, but I like the, the optimism and that is part of the Aquarian, that there is a better light here, John.
4: You um, uh, Setting ourselves to so get a deeper um, understanding of, our uniqueness perhaps could be what's being asked to do like what's your unique light to shine in the world and maybe this is a chance to plumb the depths and find out what that is and then put it out there good time to do that kind of work
1: yeah the the aspects here are really involved first of all with that sun Pluto combination of transform transforming our ego and it's in an action aspect square with jupiter our belief system so immediately we're pondering okay what is that about? And Jupiter, meanwhile, is busy with a lot of action. It's in a flow with how we're thinking and wanting to act. And it's connecting with Saturn, which is the two of them have this great relationship of expansion and contraction. So one says, yeah, it's bigger. Let's collect this. And Saturn says, OK, but let's toss that and use that. Or In a connective energy, it's it's collaborative that way. It can be quite a growth process.
4: I was thinking uh, Jupiter and Taurus, Taurus being values, Jupiter, the expansion of those and it's square. It's like, what are your values?
3: Oh, I know.
4: What do you you bring, what's important right now? What really is important and and be careful, right?
3: And Taurus is like, is also known for, you know, liking to kind of just be, just feel good and kind of relax into things and, And can get a little bit stuck sometimes. And so this Pluto sun in Aquarius energy is like, you got to bust out of those those habits and those stuck patterns. And so there there can be a little bit of friction with that. Indeed. And looking at these
1: squares,
3: which remember folks,
1: that's like an action. It's uh, um, drive, ambitions, at which don't have to be bad unless you're plowing over somebody. And sometimes it is that kind of aggression where you don't really think about the other. So that's where the problem comes in. And here we have the moon, our personal sense, squaring exactly at five degrees, but they're mutable it, it, with Saturn, which is in Pisces. So it is really like, how's our personal fitting into the whole collective structure, you might say, but collective with the greater forces. It's pretty challenging.
3: I I love that this square is mutable because that the fixed square is a little more challenging, you know, they kind of butt heads a little bit more. Also Saturn is the traditional ruler of Aquarius. And so it has some influence over this mm-hmm. sun Pluto uh, Aquarius energy and it being square the moon like that's another very personal connection. So this is very personal. We've got the moon involved, we've got the sun involved. Um, there's going to be a, a kind of a, a desire here to to be shifting, and I love the moon in Gemini. It's kind of like let's get curious about oh, how, yes. we wanna, how we want to how we want to shift, like and get involved open.
4: in our local communities. Gemini being the mm. local area. Oh,
3: that's right? good. I love that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember because I know with Planet Buzz, I think we already did a session with Laura Tad that. People can look at that. Really looked at Pluto in Aquarius as a whole. Our, trend, our talk because we it goes through all these personal planets. So I'm glad you're bringing this personal issue up. And Venus, which rules, because it's always like who rules who is this tree of of, of as we call it in astrology, and is in action with Neptune. So really, again. It's the values, it's augmenting this whole process of values and stability or with um, resources with water and the greater cosmos.
3: And I love I love Venus, Neptune, um, that connection as a way to kind of dream into a new reality. Like it's so it's so much imagination, so much creativity there. Um, so just kind of let your, let yourself dream and, and, and see where, where it takes you.
4: We have to be careful because it's a square. So beware of the sweet dreams. Don't get too carried away. Right.
1: <gasps> That's, That's true. There's always two sides of a coin. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Let's get it rolling. That made That's me so think of the word. rhythmic
4: song, sweet Maybe. dreams.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then we have healing. Because Chiron, the wounded healer, who who really takes what is a personal um, demise, we might feel so strongly, but yet learns through these actions how to, to, to incorporate others so that then it becomes a tool that we share and we learn and we heal and they heal. It's very strong. So I was really glad. And Mars and Venus, of course, are ruling the... The nodes right now, so they're powerful. You no, know, these personal planets. They're and Chiron with us. the
4: North Node is like uh, the healing journey is just good for future growth. You know what I mean? Yes. It's, it's yeah, the right, and it's the right path to be to be on at this time.
3: And Chiron in Aries, North Node in Aries, like this right. is stepping into you as an individual and healing on that level, like, mm-hmm. and that really plays well with that stepping into the uniqueness of of your own. Um, gifting and how you shine in the world.
4: Right. Perfect. And being being and fierce about it because of Aries.
3: Yeah. And yes, <laughs> identity. Yeah. Exactly. Well,
1: here we have some a few Sabian symbols that John will uh, describe. Generally just speaking, they were 1925, spiritualist medium Elsie Wheeler and astrologer Mark Edmund Jones. And it's about each one. And we're doing the ascendant and I think you're going to do the moon and sun, but I only did those two. So people can read what it is john lead on and i'll go ahead well
4: the sun's at 21 scorpio we move it a a degree forward so it'd be 22 scorpio and that symbol for that degree is hunters shoot wild ducks and that's to me about uh decision and execution and go ahead so in this chart uh the sun wants to just kind of take charge and do what it wants to do the moon not listed is at 24 leo so we look at 25 A man crosses a hostile environment alone. So persistence, relentlessness, I can't say the word, relentlessness and drive. So the moon is, is, Mm -hmm. it's a very strong moon and it wants to get things done, it sounds like. And the ascendant, was it 07 Aries, which is 08?
1: 08, it's 08, yeah. A large Um, woman's hat with streamers, they're blowing through the, yeah. Mm -hmm. And
4: I get the the little thing of little ideas, inklings and... um, just your brain just coming up with ideas being very creative which is kind of a wonderful ascendant.
1: It is. And and this idea that things change and so remember to be centered.
3: You know, allow it but
1: don't get thrown off.
3: Mm-hmm. And these symbols processes. are um are specific to our guest coming up, correct? Thank you.
4: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
3: <laughs> just to just wanted to clarify that. Thank you. Yeah, because the fact that Oh, oh, oh! That's right.
1: That is for not the. That's right because our guest's son is twenty-one Scorpio. Yeah. So here we go into the natal chart. Thank you very much, Amanda. That's why we're a team. We're listening. <laughs> so here we have the natal chart, and there is a Grand Trine, which we'll also show in the next one, and a Stellium in Sag. So there's a lot of it in spirit in inspiration instinctiveness just innately in this individual and the the primary luminaries are square so there's a lot of action how to use your hmm, on an emotional level using this uh, which means they're also not they're fixed as it is so there could be a quite a process of working with that sun that moon that has that full manifested it wants to needs to achieve uh, its actualization actualization in leo but the, the sun in scorpio is always rebirthing or recomposting. like is it deep enough is it you know maybe yeah shamanic actually go ahead well, sure. a lot of
4: fire in the chart a lot of inspiration a lot of um i'd like to inspire people perhaps or maybe maybe like to shine a little bit that's all right
3: yes so needs a, to there a lot
4: chart to me
3: a lot of creative energy with all with all of that fire and um kind of a lot of like big thinking energy too that yeah. that sagittarius up there and then um the next slide uh, is I feel like one of the really big pieces of this chart. Yeah, we have- let
1: me, let me, I will, just in a moment, I want to say, though, that that Mars, that drive, that is uh, part of the next one also is the ruling, because this person's going to have a nodal return later, which we'll talk about, because the Aries, uh, at, at New Year's, actually, I point out. So here is the square, and, but also the, the the genius innovation and perhaps some uh, sudden you know with with the opposition with Uranus in there. Okay, well we'll go ahead. Go ahead, Amanda. <laughs> You're on.
3: Yeah, so grand sextile here, which combines a grand trine of air and a grand trine of fire. And so you can see those outer dark blue or maybe purple lines and that forms a hexagon. So it's sextiles all around the chart. And this is, um, it's really good energy, um, kind of very harmonized energy in a chart. And so there's great flow through all of this, all of this fire energy, the creativity, the passion, and the air, like lots of um, big uh, thinking and um, mental connections. So with a grand sextile like this, it is so harmonized, but, and which means there's amazing flow, but, it, you often need some dynamic tension to kind of help manifest um, things into reality. So and that's grounded with, yeah. with the earth, yeah, yeah. So this is a very, very big part of uh, Metzels chart here.
1: So before we go, it, John, if you had something, go ahead. But I noticed too that because we're going into the biwheel, that there's a couple of improvements that this person's probably feeling because of last year that are just waning or that are releasing. Because I know being Scorpio too, there's a lot of all hunger for growth, transformation, power and, and powerlessness. Because when you have uh, relationships that are exchanging resources, you're empowered. And, and these would very much question how those were working, but now that's ending One of them was a yod, which is where, and was with transiting Neptune, which was not in a harmonious, in in conjunct is a matter of adjustment, constant adjustment, and it was between the moon and Mars. So it was the emotion and the mojo, the the action, that with Neptune was dissolving, 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 and perhaps attracting to spiritual ways of trying to reach the 12th house, but that was going on mostly last January through March, and then again at the end of the year. But now it's waning. It's 25 degrees and will not go back there. So it's always an improvement. The next one is that Mars that drives the fire, I mean, that drives the, the this north node in Aries, is at 23 Libra, and the nodes were... Again, this last October through December, smack on that for months and months. Very intense. And eclipses, too. So there was probably a lot of releasing. Both of these are very releasing energies. But now it's at 19, far away. So there we go. There's our bi-wheel. And we can. may have to talk a little bit after the break. Go
3: ahead with those so inner chart here is Metzels. outer chart is the, the Pluto transit. And, um, and I love that you brought up the, the, the uh, Mars conjunction to the South node. Cause that, I feel like that Mars is a really big piece here. It, mm-hmm. They've got a North node in Aries, which means that they're moving from that South node in Libra, which can often be um, people pleasing or caring what others think more, and in, and so going more into that Aries of I I want to do my own thing in this lifetime, and this with this all of this like fire and air, it's like metal has all of the these big ideas and is very forward thinking, but then the Mars is back in Libra. And so there's, there needs to be that balance between going their own way and figuring out how to, how to partner with people and how to, how to work with people in an appropriate way that still is um, true to who they are.
1: And in the chart, uh, uh, that will be supported very well. Everything you're saying clearly with the fact that the natal uranus is conjunct. By Venus that rules um, the South Node, you know, and and also Libra, you know, that transiting node that's going on with Mars, and so there's a lot of it, sudden changes happening. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and they ju- and they just had a Venus return earlier in January too. So this is a whole new ah. like Venus. <clears throat> period for them like how are we doing that south node differently because the south node isn't a bad place it's got tons of gifting so um and it coming up now on on the um uh, exactly opposing their chiron and coming up on their uranus is um is going to kind of help shift that a bit as well
4: yeah and that's the first house and with chiron there it seems like the work wants to be done on identity and, and and how uh they present themselves into the world how i want people to see me maybe
1: as a healer help me out a, healer. a little
4: bit maybe yeah, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. oh sorry and and that's so perfect with the the pluto sun period that we're moving into in aquarius mm-hmm. and yeah. the and that conjunction is right up in the 10th house those like big visibility, yes. you know, this is the the career or the um, purpose house, um, how you're seen out in the world. So she's kind of like shifting that in some ways. And that Chiron looks like it's transit in the first house, looks like it's going to be very healing for that as well.
1: Yeah, quite a communicator too with uh, communication. And before we take a break here, there's two transits that'll be pretty powerful. One is that Jupiter will be uh, moving in February in a month, opposing that uh, Pluto, which rules the sun, meaning that there's going to be a lot of more philosophical awareness of belief structures and and how and, and to shift around. And then also those nodes that are transiting are going to go for a long time later this year across the descendant with people and into the from, so that'll be very strong. And there's a eclipse and at the end of the year will be that nodal return. So it's, it's an ongoing relationship with self and others and go ahead, John.
4: Lots of depth work. I just noticed that Jupiter will also be conjunct. I guess that's Sedna, which is that, goddess from the depths of the ocean right
1: oh yes and it wants body work i think in yeah in Sedon, in taurus it wants one to remember the body so yeah. whether you heal it'll be interesting to talk with metzl and find out what what what's happening and what's going on so shall we take our quick break and we'll be, come back Okay, very good. Thank you, everybody. We'll be right back. I think that was it in Amnesty yes. And then we'll bring on Nessel. Thank you so much. January 28th. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Aquarius, ruled modernly by Uranus and Saturn in traditional astrology by the ancients. By leaving a cycle based on governing structures through both man-made and universal laws, Aquarius breaks established patterns, permitting the energy of freedom, just as its ruling planet Uranus spins on its side and orbits backwards. As a fixed-air sign represented by the water-bearer pouring the spirit of cosmic energy, Aquarius seeks to find like-minded, intuitively aligned souls to connect in social groups for the elevation and improvement
3: of all. This is Martha Norwalk, every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m. Thanks in part to NewProSupplements.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, February 4th, it's Shelter Rescue Sanctuary and Anything That Helps Our Animal Friends Sunday. We'll check in with Meow Cat Rescue, Help Animals India, and Animals Around the World with Animals247.org. Plus, we'll hear about all the great events and classes coming up at the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk
0: Cosmos brings insightful conversations to awaken consciousness for the soul growth with hour-long programs every Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific on KKNW. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel and Facebook page. While you're there, make sure you click the like and subscribe buttons so you get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers and to find out about upcoming programs sign up for the newsletter at talkcosmos.com so grab your coffee tea or kombucha and enjoy the show
3: conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial alternative talk 1150
1: hi i want to say immediately at the half hour here folks sign up for your readings the form is available go to talkcosmos.com. It's simply right there on the front page in many several places with the panel and whatnot. And you just simply put in your name and and then I'll get in touch with you. And because every fourth uh, Sunday we have kaleidoscope visions and we had a full calendar so i took it off for several months but we're on and ready to take your calls and, and we've had people from england so if it, it can be anywhere you are it'll be wonderful so and also if you have any do go to the web pages or our urls for consultations for either john amanda or myself so shall we did anybody have anything they wanted to say, or should we bring on Metzel? Yay! Let's do it, let's do it. Let's do it. Metzel, join us. Hi! Long Welcome. Long time. Hey, Metzl. It's great
2: to Welcome. see you. This is very interesting. Um, I did, when my chart came up, I was like, oh my God, that's me.
1: <laughs> you are an astrologer, that's right.
2: Yeah, I know. It was, it's very interesting being on the other side of this. And it's like, I haven't had this done for my chart in a bit. So, um, yeah, it's it's very interesting. Thank you so much for looking at my chart.
1: What would you, did you have, uh, is there anything that you would like to comment on or I can ask some questions? Like I, I indicated that certain things might be, feeling relief from last year? Perhaps there were a lot of changes with your um, uh, partnerships or people or relationships or I don't know. Any comments? Tell us more what you might think.
2: Yeah, so uh, I looking at it and then hearing what was said about my chart, um i just started working for a nonprofit medical um facility last year and it was a huge change for me because i was working from home as a contractor for like two years so getting back into like being around people and interacting with people is it's been a huge thing for me i also went through a uh, surgery so my body took a toll also and i'm kind of getting used to that still i know that was mentioned um, and on top of that, it was like this whole transformation of do I want to be someone that voices my opinion and makes people upset? uh, Or do I want to be the person that's just trying to do things by the rules or what is socially acceptable? And so I'm kind of um, getting used to this. Like, I'm just going to say what I'm going to say. And if it upsets someone, then they're not meant to hear what I say type of thing. Um, The other part of this transit that I noticed just from back here, um is the the sun in Pluto conjunction was on uh hexagram 60 of the 18 which is like finding the restrictions and then using those restrictions as a springboard and I can relate to that because uh there are a few things in my personal life that seem like restrictions and for me I'm like how am I gonna like make this look you know expensive how am I gonna make this thing look nice how am I gonna transform with what i have and so yeah like it, it's just really interesting the other part of it too uh was the grand sextile like seeing it i I've, I've seen it before in my chart didn't really think much of it now that i'm looking at it i'm like there's two mystic rectangles there so i have a lot of restrictions just in that formation and now it's, it's just kind of hitting me seeing it here but yeah We think of the mystic rectangle
4: um, not as, like, something heavy to lift, but, uh, like, mystical building blocks. What would you like to build spiritually? That's a great way to look at the mystic rectangles. Those planets actually, and making those rectangles are actually in good aspect with each other. They're trines and sextiles. So, it's like, it's good building.
1: That's such a great way to say it. Like, for instance, looking at Juno, because the asteroids do make it. And the asteroid is... Of Juno is of marriage traditionally, but that's our alliances. Colette baron reed talks about it as our alliances, which I like so much. And so here your alliances are, you can look at it in several ways because there's, each one makes a mystic triangle with two. So with the one, Juno is looking at your philosophies or your belief structures and then going to the moon of the... the feelings and past and, and our emotional structure, and then it's going with our mojo, our, our forward action. But on the other hand, Juno, our alliances, is innovative with sudden new ins, ins, well, not inspired, but revelations, you could say. Could be shocks, too. You know, there's two ways. But again, back with the moon, but here on a healing basis. So there's this toggle, each one, a lot of strength, I think, in that, which... It kind of helps us. I mean, I think of it as if we're on a raft, there isn't one way that's going to topple us. <laughs> you know, we, we stay floating somehow.
4: I am curious about your spiritual journey. of looking at Chiron opposite, Neptune, Uranus, and and just the whole configuration itself. I'm just kind of curious if you could speak a little bit about that or, or you don't have to, you don't want to.
2: Yeah. Um, sp- spiritually so i kind of take myself out of labels uh but i do mm-hmm. like healing work i do astrology i do cards i'm a psychic medium all the things oh, wow. but in my mind i'm like mm, those are labels that i don't really want to associate with i just want to be an artist mm-hmm. so uh for me like my spiritual journey is literally just drawing or painting or um beating and when doing that i kind of lose track of who I am in this body so uh just this last year a piece of my art was featured downtown where I live and um it was a huge deal I'm like I've never had this type of art installation in uh this capacity of something that I made that was super detailed and beautiful and it has a lot of ties to my heritage and so it was uh, kind of like cathartic for me. I'm like, I'm an artist. Yeah. Wow. I'm
1: so, thank you, John, for asking, and thank you, Metzl, because it just shouts so much here of that uh, okay. soul work and depth, and so the fact that it's being trans- collabor- transmuted into this creative art you know, as a whole is very beautiful.
3: And I, it's interesting, too, because you've got uh, your midheaven is square your nodes. And so this is like a big part of your journey on this lifetime is um, resolving any issues around how you show up in out in the world. And that midheaven is is conjunct Neptune. So there is going to be some type of spiritual or um Artistic even component to that. So the, the fact that you're like working through that and having your artwork shown that's a that's very much tenth house. So that's beautiful to see. Um, I also like that. So the men have in Capricorn it's, it often um, leads to careers in very traditional landscapes. So not surprising that you you do. Um, I think you said medical work. I I, I don't quite remember. Yeah, that's a traditional area, but of course you're going to do it in your own way and it doesn't have to be like the end-all be-all of your career or your purpose, right? And the ruler of that mid-heaven Saturn is in that really forward-thinking um, Sagittarius conjunct Uranus, so totally doing it your own way, breaking free from the the prescribed notions of, of what you should be doing. so beautiful kind of pathway on your journey through the nodes.
4: I like that the ruler is also in the ninth house, which brings up philosophy and travels to foreign countries or learning about foreign cultures. Or bringing
1: your own culture into visibility, (laughs) you know, because we, yeah, exactly. Mm. So often I think any of us can feel like, well, particularly in this day and age, you don't,
2: what who are what are we part of, and yeah, but I Aquarian feel that, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry, no. I definitely feel that in uh, this year, like growing into the. Am I allowed to share these things about my people and my culture as an Indigenous person? Do I know enough? Do I have permission to share these things? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now I'm like, well, I'm just gonna do it.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, you know that. There is a lot that that's a thank you, Metzl, for bringing that up because I haven't that kind of lineage. I mean, I well, not really. I mean, my own lineage came, my dad came from Norway and all this, so there is a certain history there, but yet I don't feel that sense of responsibility. Um, but I do to astrology. And so I recognize in that very abstract way, I've been wanting to just say things about mythology, my interpretations or my feelings. And I'm beginning to, to get like, you know what, let's just do it. And people, you know, because if I, yeah. It feels true.
3: it feels appropriate too, for the, the Pluto transition from Capricorn into Aquarius and in that with Capricorn, you know, we're often looking up at the hierarchy and at the people at the top to tell us, you know, what's correct. And Mm -hmm. they're the authorities, right? And with Aquarius, we're, we're shifting that so that everybody has a voice and maybe not everybody's voice is going to resonate with everybody else's, but if you get it out there, it's going to resonate with somebody.
4: And it has to, because you have Juno and Aquarius, which is, um, but being the queen of the community, it's like you you belong there in some way, in some fashion. You'll you'll find that tribe mm-hmm. tribe out there. I also want to talk about uh, you're in a twelfth house perfection year until your birthday, which is a Neptune house. So there might be this this during this previous birth year, you wanted to maybe hide out, do art, and be kind of hidden. And at this next birthday, you go into a first house perfection year ruled by looks like Mars, which is going to be this real shift of energy into being out there in the world, I think. So it's
2: interesting to think about. That's definitely something that I'm like, it's been on my mind. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm prepared to be. Well,
1: not yet.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Perhaps the work you're doing now is perhaps preparing you for that first house debut, whatever that is.
1: And I think that leads into a lot of these transits happening because I noticed that in a month, for instance, your sense of your Jupiter, which is rooted in the Taurus of of form and values and the material of resource, you know, survival and music, all kinds of things. But it's going to be in direct opposition to your natal Pluto, which is so strong in the chart because, you know, it's in Scorpio too, which rules your sun. And actually Pluto is... Really, you could say conjunct the sun. I mean, it's wide, but for sun and Pluto, it's it's conjunct. So that's going to be, in a month, a, a, a very impetus plateau of recognition of however you work with it. And then later in March, we get that eclipse, which is going to be five degrees, which is only two degrees from your descendant and opposite the ascendant. So that'll be another no eclipses shut the light off and then you see it again. And it's a process. What can we say? It's a process, but it will mm
3: -hmm. I think so. It will also that the eclipse it's meant to either get you a little bit more on your path, or if you're already there, it's going to propel you forward with more, more speed. So this is, this may be a piece for you where it's like, it's it's going to get you ready for for November for that first house perfection year, and the fact that you just had a Venus return, which rules that Descendants. So this is all big shifting and changing, and it hasn't quite even gelled yet. Is my my guess?
1: And going back to Neptune in the twelfth that John brought up, Neptune's job is to dissolve and make things that are sure, unsure, because it has a whole different tractatory. It has spirit that's involved with our co-relationship, you know, the inner self of connection. So you're in this huge process because the rest starting August on that South node that is really approaching. And because of the, the eclipse season, you know, it's gonna stay hovering over that descendant until finally you have a nodal return. So that means flashback 18 and a half years. Check out when your other returns were. What was the theme happening? And it in something with relationships, of course, it's beginning and entering. So here it's a relationship with yourself. So you'll what we're trying to say is it's good to. To be vulnerable and realize, no, I'm not quite ready, but the universe is conspiring to help you, (laughs) I think.
4: And the transit will go, the the nodal transits will go into the 6th, 12th axis, which is like discipleship and spirituality and setting up regimens and uh, finding like an ashram where you can have peace.
0: And letting go
1: of certain ones. Like they're uh not working. These people aren't supporting it. Scorpio is so good at saying, Sorry, I don't even know if it says sorry. It's like, nope, we're gone. <laughs> might be kind of cool
4: when the nodes hit Neptune and and Juno. Wow.
1: Oh, where is that? Let's see.
4: They're gonna go. They're going backwards, so they'll hit the 12 six. And you have Juno and Neptune there. Well, I guess Juno might have moved along a little bit, but Neptune will be there on the north well, node. I love that. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, it'll be a nodal. I just experienced my nodal return and. You know, it's a whole process. It's like, well, fine. I know what's happening, but what's it doing? But is that whole journey of contacts and people and the kaleidos- kaleidoscope? Here we go. Of you know, changing the prism to get new pictures. The process.
3: Well, and everything that you you said, Metzl, as well. It, it sounds like you're really working your Mars and Libra because you know you're doing your own thing. You're finding that balance of how to do it and how to to make it as win-win as possible with that Libra energy. So you're working it and it looks like you're on your path and um, I'm just excited for how this kind of progresses for you.
1: And you know, that brings up the fact, since we are talking about the transit of Pluto ingress and noticing that in this chart, Venus, transiting Venus. See, there's sex, and natally, Uranus is sextile in that. Yeah, wait a minute, Sue. I begin to morph too much here, don't I? Yeah, no, that's not right. Well, at any rate, what was I looking at that you just said? Oh, that's right. We're not looking at what's circled in the circle. We're looking at Mars, the next little red spot, folks, over here. It's sextile. That means it's a connective energy With Uranus, so you intuitively just kind of your own spark plug. And, but what I'm getting at is the ruler in this chart, Venus, is smack dab on top. So, yeah, it's supporting what Amanda's saying about your leadership of waking up to the values of that want to shift.
4: Are you familiar with the planet Eris or the goddess Eris in mythology? Yeah, so uh, I do belong, she says, as she throws out the golden apple. Well, you have Chiron conjunct that right now, and I think it's healing for you to think about that how, that you do belong. This Good is a point. chance to step into the court at Olympus and say, hey, don't forget me. Right? Yeah,
1: it's exclusion and inclusion. Good call. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, so,
2: thank you. I've been doing a lot of uh, DEI work and making sure that people like me are included by also saying, like, you cannot do this to me over the last year and uh, making sure that my voice is heard as a person of color, as a queer person, um, as a non-binary person. And so getting into that, um, those spaces, it was very, like, uncomfortable at first. And now it's like, okay, I'm commanding my energy. I'm commanding my voice to be heard type of thing and also making space for other people. Um, just last week, I kind of realized like if I mess up, then I'm not only learning from my own mistakes, but I'm also like providing steps for other people to wow. improve. Wow.
3: Yeah, that's beautiful. And then, and then showing yourself the grace of like being okay to make mistakes is also, that's another way of providing another... Mm-hmm another way of, of showing people how to how to be a leader in the world. Yeah.
1: These energies are waning and exactly what you've said and then bottom line looking at that Chiron transiting in this chart connecting exactly with your natal heiress, because I think you've got we were talking about ares and that's what John was saying you're speaking you're spe- you're walking your talk. It's like really strong and empowering so I thank you Metzl for joining uh, us and waiting in...
2: uh-huh oh just I was gonna say I'm gonna embody the Juno energy down with the patriarchy
1: ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah you know you've waited since March and I know your schedule didn't work but this is where it's like a cons- the energy the universe said now's the time and I thank you it's been beautiful thank you thanks, thanks Metzl so thank you, everybody, for joining. And remember, please sign up. Go to TalkCosmos.com. Thank you, Amanda. And thank you, John. Thank,
3: thank you both. Good to be wonderful here. Wonderful session. To be here with guys. you. Thank you,
4: everyone.
1: Okay. We'll see you next month. And yes, indeed. Okay. And many blessings for your shining and your leadership, folks. We can all work at it together.
0: Thank you for joining an insightful conversation on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests awaken consciousness by connecting soul growth patterns with astrology's energetic cycles. Be sure to tune in next Sunday, 1 p.m. Pacific time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.